Hey kids, you're listening to the internet's wettest podcast about video games, consoles, and pancakes. The SML Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is the SML Podcast. I am your host, Joe. We have a big old party cast this episode. Aki's here, Chris is here, Brooks here, Purnell's here, and Andy's here. How's everybody doing? Oh boy, life is good, bitch. All aboard the struggle bus, and I'm eating trail mix, baby. You're on the struggle bus. What's going on, Purnell? You know, family stuff. You know, from before. Ah, I'm alive. Yeah, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla still. Oh, very. How's that going for you? Well, from when I reviewed it, I spent like 20 hours in the game, I think, back when I reviewed the uh, last DLC for it, which was also when I first started playing it. Uh, I've now put over 300 hours in it since uh, I got to my grandparents' house. That's amazing. Early December. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. Good Lord, that's a lot of time. Yeah, I'm at almost uh, 340 hours, and I'm still not done with the game. I beat the campaign. It took me like 240 (laughs) hours. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And now I'm just cycling through the DLC. I'm in the second uh, big DLC out of three big DLC. (laughs) That's so cool. How did I get here? Don't you know? You played through all of Valhalla. No one's done that. (laughs) Oh, by the time I'm done with this, not only will I have played through all of it, but I will have collected every armor and weapon in the entire game. How, uh, how, what's the approximate amount you're looking at for total amounts of armor you can get? Uh oh, I'm. I think right now, currently, I'm sitting at around thirty full armors, and I think there's around forty, forty-five. I'm guessing excluding like all the DLC crap. ones that I can also get if I really want for free. Because these days, at some point, they decided once a week you could go in and just get a free premium, like you have to actually pay for with money item out of the shop. It just gives you a random one for free. So it can be That's like cool. a tattoo for your character or part of the ship or a piece of nice. armor or a weapon or a mount, whatever. And uh, so I could feasibly just get all of the armors to which there's like probably close to 80, but I'm not doing that because I'd have to sign in every day for like three or four years to get them all um, probably. <laughs> Do you do anything for loot? So in three years, we're going to ask you how things are going with that. And you're going to be like, oh, I finished it two years ago. Why didn't you ask earlier? Oh, no, there's no way. (laughs) There's no way. Dang. Uh, I've been, occasionally I'll log, when I'm out here, I'll log into uh, Far Cry 6 uh, at at least once a week and do it stuff because it gives you a bunch of items that you can buy from that are actually premium paid for items that you can buy in game. Uh, (laughs) And I, I only really do that here, but I've finished a few things here but i can buy like if i'm lucky i can buy like three items because i have so many of them at this point but <laughs> <laughs> i think the most i was able to get one week was like i was able to get like nine items i was like oh yes uh, every other time it's been like three uh but this one only gives you one item and like one pack might have 
you know, two full sets of armor, which is like five pieces for each set. It might give you a mount and a bird as well as, you know, parts for your ship. And there's five parts to your ship. And it only gives you one of those items. And that's already like over 15 items in that pack. So you'll get one a week. I will never get them all. (laughs) Sure. Not possible. I believe in you, Aki. It takes up too much room, so I won't do it at home, and so it's not going to happen. Isn't it Game Pass? Uh, it is now. It, it came to Game Pass in De- December, I think. I don't know what were you saying. Oh no, I was just saying like this feels like the most I've heard you ever be engaged in a game. Like, is there any other game you could think of where you were like this caught up in it? Yeah. Yeah, pr- pretty much any Far Cry or Assassin's Creed game, because uh, usually when I'm at my grandparents, since I'm here during that one month where we also have a complete break from doing anything, this is where I play all my uh, longer games, because I'm here uh-huh. for like three months. So anytime I'm here, I'm usually playing a single game, If I, other than review games, I'm only playing one. <laughs> That's the stuff. That's dedication to a game. What's your favorite out of all of those? Uh, you said Far Cry and Assassin's Creed, right? Were kind of the longer ones. Yeah. What? Uh, uh yeah. Which, which ones do you like better? For Far Cry, I think I like Six the most, just because I really like Danny. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. Voss is probably the best villain we've ever had, but Danny, I think, is just my favorite protagonist because all the other ones kind of suck. <laughs> uh, and then for Assassin's Creed, I think I like Odyssey the most because nice. every it, I just think it's the best all around. <laughs> That's Odyssey cool. was really good. Odyssey, yeah, right? Cassandra's the best. And if you play it as Alexios, then just get out. <laughs> See, I, I played it as Alexios because he's who the statue leave. was. <laughs> just leave. He's who the statue was. That's <laughs> my rule. I play as the statue. the statue. Oh, the statue that came with the game. Yeah, with the collector's mm-hmm. edition. I'm pretty sure that was also one of Valhalla, the well, statue but... was female. I played as female for Valhalla. I believe there was a statue of both Cassandra and Alexios. You just got the one that was Alexios. I got the Wait, one so from the Ubisoft store. No, no, no. They're, they, they were on the Ubisoft store. There were actually two versions. Uh, one was uh, just Alexios doing a jumping pose, attacking. The second more expensive version that I couldn't get because it sold out had another soldier figure that you would attach to the Alexio statue so they were fighting. Ooh, cool. Yeah, so I, I only got the... sounds like, like another product then outside of the, the collector edition stuff. Yeah, it might have been like a Best Buy collector edition or something. I know that they've had other store bonus editions with different statues. I just stick with the Ubisoft store one. So, Andy, what have you been up to? You haven't been on in a while. How's things going? I haven't been on in a while. I've missed you guys. You guys are fantastic. Um, well, we were off for over a month, so that you were. that contributes you were. to it. You guys were gone. I was. I didn't know what to do. I didn't write any reviews. That <laughs> it was weird. Um, I've been uh, just pretty much doing the same thing I normally do. Uh, I, I, I've been doing uh, a little bit of music. Uh, I play guitar for those who don't know, and uh, I have a band that is very. Uh, I would say like Dance with the Dead style, if you guys are familiar with that kind of synth nice. metal, you know, um, called cool. Skulltron 5000. <laughs> Amazing band. You've got to hook us up with some MP3 so we could play it on the show. 
Definitely, definitely. That'd be awesome. We're uh we only have like two songs and then like a ton of like just half half baked, you know, tracks. <laughs> And uh, it's kind of one of those things, too, where my buddy is just two of us, you know, and my buddy was like, hey, we should just book a show. So it kind of pushes us to, like, finish songs, you know. And so we're uh, we're trying to do that right now, too. So that'd okay, be fun. Cool. Um, besides that, just uh, I'm a dad. And you guys know that. So I've been hanging out with the kids. They're back in school. They're uh, doing all the homework stuff. And uh, I got accepted to the Ubisoft Creators Program recently. Yo, very congrats. Cool. Thank What's you very up? much. Thank you very much. You say, what is that? Yeah, for the layman like myself, what is it? Oh, it's just, uh, it's like Ubisoft's program where uh, you get accepted to kind of get games on early release if you qualify and uh, promise to make content for it, you know? Okay, so that is at least the biggest of the question. Does this show count as making content for it? We're in the creators club, so yeah. We, uh, that's how we do our stuff. Nice. That means there's two groups in the creators close. That's twice the oob. That's so much oob. I've been playing. Yeah, uh, we, uh, that's Prince that's how Grant. That's how Grant covered Prince of Persia through the oh, cool. Ubisoft Creators Club. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I've been playing that as well. Um, I've been streaming a lot too because I don't really have anything else going on. Um, and I don't know if you guys know this. I make rugs as well. So we just had our first uh, like rug showing up in Seattle, which was really neat. We brought I a bunch did of not know all... that about you. That is uh, fascinating. Can we You're all over the place rugs? with things you can do. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Here, I'll uh, I'll post uh, my website in the chat too. But That's it's awesome. uh, yeah, Lady Magritte has one of them too. She's in oh the chat. Oh my god, cool. Yeah, That's I made so a cool. uh, Bree. Get in here and tell us about the rug. Bree, talk about the rug. <laughs> She's like I've been it's cool. cool. I know her. I'll post uh, I'll post like a link, you know, and stuff like that in the chat and maybe over over in the Discord too. But uh but yeah, we had our first showing, which was really neat. Um it was at this uh like Pokemon affiliated card shop in Seattle. Cool. And uh while we were there too, I didn't know this, but um the owner's son, who was like thirteen, uh we we got in a conversation, they were like, Yeah, he's he's in Australia right now. I was like, Oh, what what for? you know? And they were saying for the uh the Pokemon trading card game like world finals or world tournament. I don't know what it was exactly. But uh but while we were there on Saturday, he won it too, which was awesome. Oh congrats. Wow. Yeah. So that was really neat. We got a we got a short run. Celebrating in there in honor of it or do to and wait till he gets back. Uh I they were kinda like talking to him on uh on uh voice chat or whatever it was, you know, and I think they're gonna have like a little party when he gets back or something like that. But something Yeah, it was it was awesome. So that's pretty much it. Andy, is your last name really goth? Is no, my last name Andy. goth? No, different. Oh man, dang. I wish. That'd I don't know awesome. your last name, and I'm not going to blow oh, up your spot you. here, so I'll just shut it down. So oh sorry. my, my last name is Sperry. It's just okay. The same oh, as nice. Your name. Okay, so that's where it comes from. Yeah. What about the berry part? Uh, uh, no, I'm just playing. Oh, I can't you tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You ever heard of berry berry kicks? Best cereal in the world. <laughs> Great cereal. <laughs> there there you, you go. Man. Oops, all berries. There it is. I've heard of any of these things. Oops, all sparrows. Really? Oops, oh all sparrows. Oh my god. <laughs> what if we had a, a episode where it was just Sperry reviews? That would be so good. We're going to have to put Andy to work and just like put a big ass Andy episode. Yeah. You guys going to give me like just a month. Four of hours of Andy reviews. <laughs> it can be oh, done oh, on a Thursday oh. and I can take a break. I'm fine with it. <laughs> oh, man. I'll do it if you guys want it. It's going to be tough, though. <laughs> 
Yeah, give me more time Speaking to play review, another really get... big long game. <laughs> Speaking oh, of reviews, should we get cool. into the reviews? We got a bunch to talk about tonight. I'm ready. So I want to say before we get into reviews is the fact that I thought it was funny that Andy goes, you know, I don't have a whole lot going on, so I'm just doing this. And he's like, has like this 15 Everything minute. Everything going <laughs> on. Oh, I'm a father and I was accepted into a prestigious program. Also oh, a musician and I make rugs. <laughs> I, to I me, do it doesn't feel like I'm doing a lot, you know? I feel that. I, oh, I, I do like understand that. Rug addicts. The, that's, that's good. I like that. Yeah, rug addicts. Yeah, it's nice. Pretty solid. I'll post it in the SML Discord as well. Guy. <laughs> I like Joe's pronunciation better. Rug addicts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What a. That's good rug stuff. Addicts. I like your. I like your uh, uh, mechanic. Your red mechanic. Guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you can't use like. <laughs> I actually had a couple people like hit me up and they're like, I see a lot of like Nintendo copyright infringement here, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but you don't see any prices on it, so it's not like they're gonna come like find me, you know. And then when we posted them on the website, yeah, you can see all the names are like different. So it's like instead of Mario, it's like red mechanic guy. Speaking of uh, Turtle Dad, I love That's that. Amazing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Happy plumber. Exactly. I love this. Uh, chain Ooh. dog face saw. What is the oh story God, behind yeah. that? Uh, a lot of them was just like we had to it's post them real maker. quick, and so it was yeah. the first thing that came to my head. He's the Bort skull. Where so Where did the design for this one come from? Which one? Which one? The chain dog face saw. It's an oh, animator. Uh, Chainsaw Man. Yeah, that's right? Chainsaw Man. That's Puchita. Ah, I am not familiar with him. Oh, yeah. So cute. We had a couple other ones, too, that I didn't post on here. We had uh, Spike Spiegel. Uh, my nice. my buddy does it with me, too. So we had Spike Spiegel. Um, we've got like a, what was it, a big... What's it called in the... What it, would it be called in the store, though? Oh, yeah. Let's go with oh, that. Oh, what would it be called in the store? Because you um, totally like, don't have a Spike Spiegel one. Like like probably like Spick, Spick Spiegel or something like that. <laughs> Just, Spick Spiegel. <laughs> right? Love that. And then we had a, a Bender one too, which was pretty cool, like the classic movie uh, poster scene. Robot, okay. Alcoholic slightly, robot. Slightly slightly dislocated. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to help you think up fake names. I, I like do. to buy. It's easy. It's just an alcoholic robot. <laughs> throw throw them my yeah, way. Yeah. I got a couple other pictures too. I'll, I'll post on there too. I like to buy a knockoff cinema roll Sanrio Sanrio merch, and I found out the hot keyword for that is cinnamon dog. So if you ever want really cheap, like <laughs> unofficial Japanese cinema roll stuff, like a like an awkward phone case, which I love, uh, search cinnamon dog. You'll be oh yeah, did. that's awesome. <laughs> and you know I shouldn't have said that on a an immortal recording, but all right, let's go. <laughs> Nobody knows. Yeah, Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, I ain't selling it. Okay, no one listens to this, so we're we're in the Thank clear. God. Uh, review, should we do them? And on that note, <laughs> since no one's listening, yeah, let's go. All right, let's dive into these. First game to talk about tonight is Konosuba, God's Blessing on this Wonderful World, Love for These Clothes of Desire, developed by Mages, published by PQ, released February 7th on Switch, PS4, and PC for $49.99. Time for a visual novel quest with a twist. Join Kazuma, a reincarnated adventurer, and spend turbulent days with his unfortunate party members. Prepare for waifus, dress up, and resource management. Get ready for a comedy that's out of this world. Brooke, what is going on in this game? That I'm not going to repeat the title because it's long. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty long. Uh, well, that was not the eShop blurb I thought you were going to read, so I'm going to read a line from a different one later on in the review. Heads up. Okay, so, Joe, when you showed me this game, 
I did immediately recognize the name Konosuba and the characters because I was already familiar with this anime uh, that the game is based on. In fact, back in the day when it was coming out initially, I did watch a few episodes of season one. I found it to be a little too fanservice-y for my taste, not quite in the direction that I normally can get into for that stuff. And I didn't personally continue with it. It wasn't super duper pervy in the scope of anime, and I wasn't offended by it at all. I'd seen plenty of animes like this before. Oh, it's an isekai comedy harem anime about how a guy is transported to a fantasy world and is suddenly surrounded by women he can have some sort of sexually charged interactions with while they quest. Uh, I've enjoyed a fair amount of these animes myself. This one was fine, but just not my taste or humor personally. So I didn't keep watching. So why did I take this game if it's based on that show? Why was I immediately, for some unknown reason, just super enthusiastic, heck yes, please, Joe, when he showed me this game based on spending time with characters from an anime I didn't end up enjoying? The answer to that question is a little complicated. There are three reasons which I will run through quickly. Joe, I promise this review is not going to take forever. Uh, reason one. Sure. Sure. That's what everyone uh, and, says. Yeah, and I always <laughs> say that before the long ones. No, I swear. Reason one. Uh... I'm stupid. Uh, part of me thought this was not only a visual novel, which I love, but also a dress-up game. And I don't mind when those are pervy for the ladies. I thought we were going to get to pick out clothing and accessories for my little girlfriends here, mix and match to create fun new looks. Uh, this is not a dress-up game, guys. Uh, but let the record show that I like dress-up games so much that I was willing to play an awkward one marketed toward men. Uh, no questions asked. Reason two, fate and <laughs> karma are real. You may recall, end of last year, we covered a big Atome game called My Next Life is a Villainess, all routes lead to doom, Pirates of the Disturbance. But I didn't cover it. Chris Taylor here covered it, and because of this, he found himself delving into an isekai reverse harem fantasy world set in an anime he had never seen before, much less enjoyed, and our poor Chris here was subsequently forced to be flirted with for hours and hours by all the characters in the game as he played the role of a young lady from modern times who has been reincarnated into a fantasy old-timey world. This is my penance, because this is definitely just the boy version of that, even down to the self-aware comedy tone and setup of it all that creates humorous moments for us throughout the experience. Pretty cool, huh? I guess I gotta start believing in God and consequences now. <laughs> Reason three, my extremely close buddy Jake loves this anime so much. I mostly took this because of my good buddy Jake Galgan, very dear friend of my partner and I for the last, like, 15 years. Very uh, fair amount of our friend group are not into anime. We're not anime nerds like us. It can get a little lonely. Jake and I have found solace in the fact that I, like him, uh, love anime, have questionable taste in my faves, and will never judge him about it if those tastes don't overlap. His name on Twitter, by the way, is Fart Idiot, and if you try to find him by searching my friends list for the name Fart, you may be impressed by how many of my friends have that word in their name. It's really quite consistent. And he really thought I'm I was going to like this anime. to the SML Fart cast. That would be amazing. Thanks. Thanks in advance. We'll send on this. Then the uh, name would smell just as bad as we are. Wow. Oh, I mean, it already... Fair. It already almost spells smell. Yeah, it Ooh. does. Can't spell smell without SML. I, I feel a new shirt. S-M-E-L-L. Whoa. <laughs> <Our guest>. nice. <laughs> okay. I'm, 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 I like where this is going. But yeah, so my friend Jake really thought he was so sure I was going to like this anime. I didn't really like it, but that was years ago when it was first coming out. Maybe I should give it another shot. But in the meantime, taking this game seemed like a great way to try the world of this anime again for my bro. Because you see, that year I had just gotten into anime cosplay. Uh, and Jake wanted me to play this game because he said I reminded him of Megumin. Am I pronouncing that right, Aki? I know you've seen this one. Megumin. 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 Megumin, a little orange and black witch who is very cute. He said I should totally cosplay this character because she was quote-unquote just my style. 
now that I've played this game and experienced this little orange witch character, I have a special message for Jay Galgan tonight. Bro, her one personality trait, like her whole thing is she doesn't have any boobs. Her entire character is just that she's flat chested <laughs> and she's grumpy. Dude, what are you trying to say, man? This is my explosion magic. Deeply. <laughs> You're definitely the knight character, in my opinion, oh, hands wow. down. Okay, just okay, a lot okay. smarter, but uh, otherwise, you are her, for okay, sure. Okay, is coming to my face, because I'm not going to enjoy describing that character like, but Jake, man, this hurts my heart deeply. Is this what you think of me, my brother? I'm shattered over here. Also, there's C cups now. Thank you very much. So if you're tuning in tonight... And you're like, wow, so far we've only talked about anime bullshit, boobs, cup size, and awkward hints at implied anime uh, fanservice-y stuff. You can go ahead and skip to the end of this review, because for you, my friend, this game would be a deny it. And if you've been turning, tuning into our show for a long time, and you've ever wondered why I love Jacob Garner, of all people, if you're ever like, oh, it's so weird that Brooke always puts up with and loves this guy Jacob from SML, seems to even like him and enjoy his company, well, now you know why. It's because I got one of my own back at home. But seriously, <laughs> I was hoping you'd laugh at that joke. But seriously, oh, for I'm fans of the show, to listen to this episode. I am Damn. too, uh, and I will deserve whatever comes at me next. But yeah, for fans of the show Konosuba who want a little extra fan service action with the female characters in this modern classic harem shonen anime, who want to see these characters in some sexy modern clothes that wouldn't exist in the fantasy timeline of the anime, and even spice it up by switching up the outlandish, you know, desires of these characters. All the while enjoying humorous loophole-style plot points and comedy. Uh, the fans will be right at home and then some, because this game exists for fans of the show to get some quality time with the cast without quite getting into the territory of, say, a game that Aki might review for SML After Dark. So let's talk about the premise. Check back on Thursday. Check back on Thursday. She's going to play this one really quick. Nah, just kidding. Uh, so let's just uh, talk about the premise of this game, which centers kind of around you, the player character Kazuma, who's also, the, you know, obviously the main character of the anime, who died in the anime, was transported to a medieval-style high-fantasy world where he has to fight and gain money to survive, a lot like we would in a lot of fantasy RPGs. Even more than that, the game focuses on... Uh, the three main ladies of the anime are party, if you will, with Kazuma <clears throat> stuttering. Kazuma. This is a new story in the fantasy universe where the three of you have already established a relationship as fighters together on a team trying to earn enough cash to survive, questing around like in a medieval RPG party. The first of these three ladies we're going to talk about, we're going to get it away, get out of the way, is Megumin. We already mentioned her. She's apparently me. She's flat-chested, she's grumpy about it, and as Purnell pointed out, she does really like explosions. I didn't think about that. I think that was Purnell's voice, but I'm not on the chat right now. Then, there's Darkness. Darkness? I don't think she's a lot like me, but you know, we, I, I, I can argue about this with me if you Totally want. like you. Totally Darkness like is you. Darkness a very, unlike me, Darkness is a very tall, golden, glorious, stacked paladin chick. She does not have the issues that Megumin is suffering from. Remember that stacked paladin lady in Genshin? We meet at like the beginning of the game and she's got her awesome knight armor. Yeah, Darkness You're looks like that. Main trait. You're still but missing she, her no, main no, trait. No, no, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. She can carry a big-ass claymore, no prob. She's big, she's bigger than Kazuma, but proportionate. She would probably do amazing in a battle, right? Wrong. She's addicted to pain. She wants to get beaten up all the time. She's a horrible partner to have in battle because she's not trying to win this one. She is a See, it's you. And I'm going to shut this down. And her reaction to this happening is really a little disturbing in the anime, as you can imagine. Uh, finally, we have Aqua, who 
Aki hates, apparently. Aki, why you hate Aqua so much? She's useless and stupid and so useless and she shouldn't exist. Wow. And she's useless. I'm so glad you said that. I'm going to talk more about Aqua in a minute. So these are a few or three characters. (laughs) The premise, let's jump into the premise of this game. This is mostly a visual novel, so it's mostly about the story. One day, Aqua and Megumin are walking around through a field and they find an old black rock. The game calls it a big black slab. Nobody knows why, but Megumin really wants to keep it because she just has this feeling it must be valuable or powerful or something. We have no reason to believe this, and in fact, Kazuma seriously doubts this hunk of rock is going to get us any money or anything. But Megumin's so sure, she's begging, she's like, I think we hit the jackpot with this thing. So sure enough, we take the slab to get appraised by our female wizard friend named Wiz. This is another character from the show, also a hot lady. We discover this thing does in fact have magical powers. It can turn ordinary items into magical clothing. Amazing. The clothing, Kazuma notices, is also modern-style clothing, like from our time period now, not theirs. The first one we get are some skimpy silk pajamas with some short shorts, kind of a tank tank situation going on. How convenient for us, the player, who would just love to spend the rest of this game with a flimsy excuse for seeing darkness, Megumin, and Aquan in all, yeah, you're gonna love this, in all kinds of skimpy modern outfits that normally wouldn't have made sense in the anime. Pretty cool, right? But the clothing is also very high-quality material and very well-crafted. And if you know our cast, you know they're not just thirsty for you-know-what. They're also thirsty for cash. We're broke all the time. That's what a big part of the story is about. So we start to realize these clothes could be the jackpot for us. Rich people love weird, fancy stuff like this. We could stop fighting monsters and maybe make a living sailing rear unique. Artisan clothing, never before seen anywhere else. Everything's coming up us, but then we realize the slab, while blessing us with these wonderful clothing powers, also carries a terrible curse. At first, we don't realize what this curse is going to be. But pretty soon, we're interacting with Darkness, who's usually known, as we've discussed, for being a masochist who loves to be punished. Except not anymore. Suddenly, Darkness is not only not a masochist, but actually a sadist. And that's when we learn the curse will invert the desires of one member of our party at a time for an unspecified amount of time until it moves on to its next victim. So if you want to get this game to spend more time with Darkness, Aqua, and Megumin, but you can't stand the idea of Darkness not being Darkness 100% of the time, Megumin not being classic grumpy Megumin all the time, uh, move along or chill out, man, because we're switching it up sometimes in this game to enjoy different facets of the characters. While the curse is active... weird. It's weird, but... Actually, as flimsy as this sounds, it works and it's really funny. While the curse is active on darkness, she's looking to be strict with us and punish us all. The vibe is just backwards. Megumin, remember how her thing is she has small breasts? Unlike me, whose bust is a normal size, Jake Galgan. (laughs) (laughs) While her personality in the show isn't just that she doesn't have much boobs, but that she hates that she has small boobs. In this game, when she's cursed, she's flat. She's proud, and she's pointing out some very compelling reasons of why flat chests are not just okay, but they're actually the sexiest thing ever. Joe, this is where I, you didn't read the blurb I expected you to read. Uh, so I said, here's, here's exactly what my notes say next. So for reasons I am not comfortable repeating, but if you've already forgotten the closing line of what Joe read from the eShop at the beginning of this review, go read it again and let that sink in. Now, unfortunately, oh, I must read huh. you this line. So I'm going to read it. Uh, yes. I can read it for us. Or Megumin as the proud leader of the Lolita League. Okay, let's move on. Now I scrolled up to do that. Hold on a second. Now I lost my place. <laughs> I always put the blurb at the front so I can kind of be prepared for what you're going to say because I learned it the hard, the hard part. Hard, I, I, I went the with the steam blurb. 
Yeah, and I, I don't even go know. With Steam. <laughs> and I, I usually check to see if there's any discrepancy between the two because this has happened to me before, man, too. So yeah, uh, keep you on your toes. Is, <laughs> yeah, but that's cool. I'm, I'm glad we had this experience. This is this is funny. So let me get back to ugh, where did I put Megumin's part? <laughs> okay, so I said just go read it in the eShop again and let that sink in. All right, now let's talk about Aqua. And how the clothing system works, and then we'll move on to rating Joe. I promise. Aqua, I don't understand as much. When we meet her in the anime, she's a god, and she gives us one wish as we die and transition into the new Isekai fantasy world that we're going to. Much to her dismay, our wish is for her to join us as our partner on our journey and fight alongside us. We think this is going to be cool and that this is a really smart wish to survive in this world, but we quickly learn, as far as I can tell, at least from my limited experience with this story, and Aqua ha- Aki has just confirmed. Not only is she a huge chicken and hates fighting, but she also just kind of seems to be a shitty god. At the very least, she's not perfect, and that's a lot of the brunt of the jokes in the show. She just doesn't have that omniscient or wise of a vibe going. Lots of stupid jokes against her. Let's just say, most of all, she's very blunt and immediately says what she's thinking at all times. And with a filter like that, you can imagine she's constantly saying really inappropriate, ungodly, not exactly ladylike shit. For anyone who wants to understand, the only thing she can do with her godly power is party tricks. That's it. And she talks like she is the best goddess of all of them, and that's all she can do. She is so useless. But they're great party tricks. No, they're not even good ones. (laughs) Wow. The party tricks aren't good, but is the game good? The game's good. When Aqua's cursed in the game, she becomes a beacon of purity, light, goodness, holiness, and divinity. Angels are like singing, man. Uh, you could put a halo on her head aesthetically. Because she, in her curse period, she's someone worthy of worship. Which kind of just says it all about who she is in the I show. I can't imagine. So if you didn't like Aqua in the show, Aki, maybe you will in the game for a little bit. So let's talk about the clothing kind of adventuring system itself really quickly and we'll wrap this up. The gameplay in this game is easy, like a lot of visual novels. It's not a 100% visual novel, it mostly is, but even the non-visual novel parts are quite easy. Most of your time in this game is going to be reading and listening and just experiencing the story as you make a few choices. Most of the gameplay is just planning a week schedule for your party and the jobs that you guys are going to take, little quests you're going to go on to serve to help you find the materials you need to make the next required magical outfit to advance the story. Because we're taking orders from nobles for the clothes. Or we will be executed, by the way. So our quests are centered around what was ordered and not exactly, hey, what do we want to make today? Random clothes. Quests during your planned work week will not only... Excuse me, I've got a cough. <clears throat> All right. Quests during your, during your planned work week will not only gain you materials, but will also unlock funny little skits to enjoy between the characters. Now, while it's a bit of a bummer for me that we can't build the outfits ourselves, dress up game style for all our cute little anime girls, we do sometimes get to look at the outfit we've just made and then choose the character who gets to wear it. And that's pretty fun. There's also special items you can buy from Wiz to include in the outfit creation, which will unlock a new scene with a specific character. However, these items get pretty pricey, so... I wouldn't recommend trying to buy everything on one playthrough. The main story is relative. That actually really works out if you're trying to see all the endings. And this is one of those visual novels where you would have to do multiple playthroughs to see even a big chunk of it. 
Um, so now let's talk about endings and depth of routes here. Even side characters get endings in this. I had to learn that compared to the game, we don't actually spend very much time with the shop character Wiz I talked about. I would never know that from playing this game. She's got an ending in this game, and there are lots of endings. And the relationship routes for the main characters especially are really long, personal. We spend lots of time with them getting to see different sides than we wouldn't see in the anime. Even outside of the, oh my god, it's awesome, opposite day curse scenario we're working here. We get to experience things that absolutely could be canon from the characters that we wouldn't experience in the anime, but fit them as well. Uh, so I gotta say, I was a little sexist here when I took this game. I was like, oh man, the romance, character, relationship, building, visual novel games marketed towards you dudes are usually pretty easy and linear. I could probably get this game played pretty quickly. But I was wrong and I ate my words. This game's got a lot of content and I actually love to see it. There's a ton of material in the different routes of this game. A fair amount of routes too, more than the average I'd say. Lots and lots and lots of CGs, high quality. And yeah, like I said, don't be taking the endings for side characters like Wiz uh, for granted because most visual novel relationship builders do not have those. So I'm impressed with this one. Are you? I do. I like it. I think it's a good one. Cool. Well, it clocks in at 50 bucks. What are your thoughts? I don't think you would necessarily love this game if you didn't like the anime. I think that if you like the anime, you want to spend more time with these characters, this is going to be an awesome buy for you. Uh, if you are one of those people who just wants to play clothing-centric games, visual novels, make sure that the characters are of the orientation that you desire. But I definitely think, even at this price point, if you want to spend more time with these characters, this is going to be worth the money for you. And I think it's a really funny game. Cool. Sounds good. Any other thoughts? Or are, are we good? We're good. Okay, cool. All right, next game to talk about is Graven, developed by Slipgate Ironworks, published by 3D Realms and Fulcrum Publishing, released to 1.0 January 23rd on PC for $24.99. Action mystery and a chance for redemption awaits you in the gritty action first-person puzzler Graven. Explore dark fantasy world as a wrongly convicted man of faith. Battle the horrors of humanity, the wilds, and beyond using the environment, magic, and armaments. Andy, tell us about your time with Graven. I, dude, I feel kind of cheated because I my review is not nearly as amazing as that last one was. <laughs> it's like I I I have to follow that. That was crazy. <laughs> oh man, I'm up in here blushing like darkness right now. Oh my gosh. Dude, I was really like nice this whole time. I'm like, I'm like getting sweaty. I'm like, oh shit, I have to talk <laughs> next too. This one's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, dude. Uh, Graven is a uh, honestly Graven is an ode to late '90s, early 2000s adventure boomer shooters. Uh, it's got a mix of medieval gothic style first-person adventuring and a lock and key style gameplay that keeps the players returning to old areas and at times presents kind of a challenging progression through throughout the gameplay. Uh, so main character is, uh, sentenced to death for his crimes and, uh, it would seem that he is given another chance as, uh, he is on a boat. The story kind of starts out him on a boat, talking to the boatmaster, you know, coming to a new town, you know, to, to kind of cure what they dabble at as a possible disease or, um, maybe the result of like evil, you know, witchcraft from an encroaching cultist party. Um, the storyline is kind of told by the few remaining patrons of the town. Uh, it's kind of funny to me because in that classic, like 90s style, you know, you have, you have a bunch of people there that their di their only dialogue is really like, who are you? Or like, what is this? Or like, what are you wearing? You know, or like, where did you come from? Or something like that. And then you have like your main guys. So there's only like two main guys you really talk to throughout the town. But, um, 
other than that, there's like scrap pieces of paper and like journals found among all the ruins that kind of tell the story too. Um, the game has no hand holding in any part of the game involved. Uh, you get to pick your difficulty, which is pretty much like, do you want a few enemies or do you want like all the enemies in the world? Um, you, like I said before, you begin on a boat coming to a new town, uh, and the boatmaster gives you a, a quick spiel and then says, here's a staff, here's a magic book, good luck. And then uh, you're set out. First quest is go clear the drain. And for me, it was like, I started off the game and I was like, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? Like, the only way to progress is to like figure out what's going on. So it was for me, what drain, where, like what, what am I supposed to do? I wandered around aimlessly for a good 20 minutes before I found a door that was like not well hidden, but in plain sight and hidden enough that I, I just, I missed it a thousand times. Um, the game also offers multiplayer options, which I didn't really, I don't know if I didn't really like see the idea for the game, but you could, you could get up to seven more people in your party to fight, which I need seven friends and <laughs> going through like hordes of enemies with seven other people like would just be like chaos for a game like this too. Really fun. I want to try it out. I didn't have anybody to like try that aspect out of it, but also matchmaking that you could play with randoms or no. I I don't even know. I that's just something I I was more focused on the the first person story of it, you know, first person gameplay because that's that's what the game is really designed around, you know. I yeah. I felt like seven other people would have just been <coughs> chaos. Fun chaos, but still chaos, you know. Maybe uh I'm doing a land this weekend, so maybe I can convince some people to pick it up and we'll all try it. There you go. Um traversing the world of Graven is uh difficult to say the least. Uh, it is a game that offers a complex system of biomes, buildings, and secret pathways. Uh, you actually get like a little notice when you like found a secret area. Uh, I also hope that you came into an area like memorizing kind of which way to go because everything looks like very, very similar in the game. And, uh, there is no map. There's absolutely no map, which threw me off completely. Um, locked doors and puzzles block certain aspects of the progression and uh is kind of presented in like a comb the desert like if you're familiar with space balls like man we ain't found shit like that kind of <laughs> aspect of like there is uh there's one window that is like slightly broken in an area that it took me like i said before like the with the door it took me probably another 30 minutes and I had to look up a guide for it to see, like, where exactly I was going, you know? Very, very, like, easy to miss things, you know? Which, personally, I felt was was kind of fun, but, you know, 30 minutes in, like, I didn't have the time to, like, keep looking, you know? Or, uh, I think I spent, like, maybe an hour and a half on another thing that was, like, just come around this corner and there is, like, a weird wall that you just, like, traverse through. So, that kind of threw me off a little bit, but for the most part, like... You know, away from the aimlessly wandering and searching everything twice, you know, I kind of just like enjoyed the exploration um, and uh, for the most part, like waited for a new event to trigger. So that it wasn't like a bad thing, but a map would have been awesome. So, um, like I said, again, no hand holding proved amazing in some ways, uh, but I don't have all day to explore the same courtyard, you know? Yeah. Um, Couple this with uh, with some cool enemies. A lot of enemies are like zombies or like zombie style dogs, you know, or 
or like cultists or things like that, um, which are pretty manageable for the most part, but uh, you get like two or three or four like coming at you all at the same time and you like quickly become overwhelmed. There was one enemy that I almost broke my controller over. I'm not like a rage gamer, but there was like <laughs> a, like by any means too, there was a, there was this ghost in a library that you find and there are five heads on the ghosts and you guys can look this up too if you want, but it is so damn hard to hit these heads on the ghosts. And then you can only do it with uh, the like long range weapons in the game. And you run out of ammo like almost immediately, like trying to defeat this thing. And I, man, it was so frustrating just like walking through, being attacked by this thing, trying to like get a little bit farther, being attacked by this thing, trying to go back and like find more ammo, you know, to, to take it out. But I died so many times there. And every time you die too, you lose gold, which wasn't that bad but dying like 30 times in one area you know like you can kind of go back and like pick a lot of it up but if you want to go back and um uh uh like upgrade your weapons or or like buy new arm uh armor or upgrades for those weapons um or ammo excuse me um you need that gold so you have to go back you have to go back to the same frustrating ghost guy and and pick all that up again so uh, that was intense, but for the most, like all all the enemies are like pretty cool, you know. And there was a couple of bosses too. I think there's only there's like two or three bosses really like encountered for the game, but um, plenty. Like I said, plenty of like hordes of enemies too. Um, it had character designs, which you guys can read this too. Uh, uh, character designs uh, by Chuck Jones from Duke Nukem 3D and Half Life, and uh, voice talent from Stephen White uh, from Blood, Fire Emblem, and Dusk. And it had a very, a very like well done moody soundtrack by uh, uh, I'm gonna probably butcher this name, but Nicola Nikita Jeremic, I think that's how you say it. Uh, which just really set the tones. I mean, it's all it's all a very gothic uh, medieval feel throughout everything. Um, and I, it, I just it saw just, the guy's it, name. I I wouldn't have tried to say it at all. You're yeah, you're braver <laughs> than I am. Well, I I had to <laughs> I had to give it a shot. So. But uh, it was it very it very nicely like set the tone for like the overall aesthetic of the game too. Um, I forgot to tell you a couple of the weapons too. The you get like a staff, which is is neat. That's like kind of your main weapon, and that book where you get uh, uh, spells too. So you get a fire spell, you get like an ice spell, you get a, a electricity spell, and the spells are less used to uh, like attack enemies as more as like used in puzzles, which I thought was really cool. Um, you generally use like a, like my favorite weapon was a sword just cause it hits really hard. Uh, or there's kind of a shotgun style, uh, launcher and then like a little wrist arrow gun too, which was, which was pretty neat. And you can upgrade those too. So they, they hit a little bit harder, but, so um, is yeah, this mostly a puzzle game or mostly an action fighting style game? It's, it like very much blends the two together. There is less puzzle solving than there is like action fighting, but I would say the puzzle solving kind of uh, you know akins itself to like like a Metroidvania style. You know, the lock and key, okay. find this thing and then come back. You know, with a new weapon and then find a key. You know, I actually found a key to. And I, uh, I'm, I'm like stuck on a section of the game too. I found a key and I have no idea where it goes. <laughs> so there's, there's kind of a lot of that too, where I'm, I'm just kind of going around and, 
exploring the area and and you know seeing what's what so both frustrating and fun um overall i enjoyed the feel i enjoyed the throwback vibe the the 90s early 2000s video game era um contained some well-crafted landscapes uh the weapons were cool all the like adventuring gameplay was like really fun too um uh, a few spots felt a little like repetitive, like uh, uh, some of the puzzles were were a little tough, you know, or felt like reused, you know, in multiple areas. Um, and I would say maybe a little a little bit of tweak to some enemy encounters so they don't just like immediately overrun you and then you die. Or maybe I should just get good, you know, and uh, <laughs> a map. Some, I mean, honestly, something as simple as just like a map would have made the game so much different, you know, would have cut down on just, you know, hours of repetitive like exploration, you know, throughout the game. But I mean, I I, I thought overall it was pretty good. Um, I would say it's definitely not for everyone, but I, I did enjoy my time playing it. You know, it was awesome. Well, it clocks in at 25 bucks. What do you think? So, you know, like I said, it's not for everybody. I would definitely say give it a try. You know, it was it was fun. I enjoyed it. I experienced it, and uh, yeah, I would I would say yeah, experience it for yourself too. Cool soundtracks five bucks on Steam. What do you think about that? I think that's pretty good. I really like the soundtrack. You know, and I, like I said, while exploring through areas, just uh, you know, you get to listen to it a lot. So <laughs> I, I thought it was pretty good. Well, sounds good. Well, Andy, that is it for you. We will let you get going so you can hang out with your kids some more. Awesome, uh, man. Do you have any any final thoughts, final words before we let you get going? Uh, dude, I hope you guys have a great rest of your show, man. Uh, yeah, nobody's sure be, eh, nobody's going to top that first review, you know? <laughs> and, Thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'll keep you guys up, man. I'll, I'll keep lurking while I can. I'm helping the kids with homework, so I'll be in and out. Right on. Brooke, did you Have mess with your audio at all? I can't hear you at all. Oh, yeah, you're real quiet. Yeah, you are super duper quiet. Damn. All right. Andy, I'll chat with you guys on the next one. Have fun, dudes. Break <laughs> you later, buddy. Take it easy, Andy. <laughs> Peace. Oh, man. All right. Moving on. Next game is Dream Cutter, developed by Shady Corner Games and 10 Penny Fingers, published by East Asia Soft. <laughs> Released February 2nd on Switch for $14.99. The Dream Cutter, a mysterious scythe with an ulterior motive, promises alluring rewards and a chance at escape. But what strange dangers and exotic encounters will you find inside your own mind? For now, what is Dream Cutter? Okay, so in the game Dream Cutter, you play as a young girl named Haley, who I don't know really go into the specifics early on, but just know that she is an individual who has a bit of some concerns in regards to like accepting who she is and like who she wants to be. It's essentially that. Um, but she also has a thing for like kind of being wrapped up in her own thoughts and her dreams. But one day she gets, finds herself trapped in her own dreams, like unable to get out. And she is trapped there alongside her, eventually her best friend, Lucia. And after coming across a sentient scythe that goes by the name of Dream Cutter, her goal is to hopefully rescue her friend and together escape this dream of her own creation. The gameplay itself boils down to an action platformer where Haley is able to traverse horizontal and vertically occasionally scroll, scrolling levels. Her repertoire of abilities isn't too vast. She can jump, um, she can do a, a scythe swing, which comes in the form of a combo that can be extended by purchasing an upgrade or two. She can 
eventually unlock a few other abilities. She can, well, I won't go into those per se, but she can also kind of grind on railings, which adds a fair bit of momentum to the gameplay traversal. And mainly, aside from the few things you can unlock movement-wise, those are her primary movesets. Um, you're, you're moving through these stages, you're knocking down enemies as best you can. At the end of each level, you will come across what is essentially a nightmare orb, and to clear the stage, you have to smash this orb, but once you begin to whack it, you basically get assaulted by a constant, unending wave of enemies. Depending on the level you're on, it could be bats, it could be you know, gremlin golem things, and it's a lot of them. But once you eventually crack this orb, the level ends and you go back to the main hub. At the hub, you're able to go to different world zones, and each world has a variety of stages, usually four or so levels in it. And you can go to the shop using the money you earn throughout the stages to buy additional upgrades, uh, items, not items per se, but like extended health bars and coin multipliers, that sort of thing. And also you can purchase challenges. Those challenges can be used to unlock individual challenges hidden within the stages you've already traversed through the game. And the reason why you would engage those encounters in addition to certain areas of the game itself is that you unlock loot imagery. Uh, the funny part about it, though, is that this is on the Switch, which made me kind of go, huh, what is this doing on the Switch? <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is a game that was more of a Steam product, if you catch my drift. And the answer is, there was some censorship there. But the question becomes at that point, is this game worth playing if the loot has been censored? And the answer is absolutely. I think the gameplay is a lot of fun. It's good platforming, and once you get your combos up in um, stages fighting enemies you get a speed boost that creates a bit of a frenetic experience. The one main downside to that, though, is that this might be patched out later, but there's moments where I've experienced some slowdown, which kind of can be annoying, especially when I'm trying to hit specific enemies in specific ways, and so on and so forth. But I still found myself enjoying the gameplay as it was, especially when I get really get going, hitting the right rails, hitting the right enemy combos and such. I wouldn't say the game was too challenging up until, like, Props of World 4 or so. That's when the platform starts to get a little rougher. But thankfully, there's no live system in the game. If you die, you just start back at a checkpoint. Try, try again until you succeed, 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 or you quit. Your choice. Um, but they don't really punish you, per se, because you can try until you're tired of trying. Like I said, the game itself is fun. The music is good, too. And if you feel as though you're okay with unlocking the imagery, even without, you know, the full lewdness of it all... The challenges are fun, too. You just have to spend money you earn in a level to you know, access them, which is just going back to old levels and doing what they want you to do. So, in the end, I would say it depends on... Oh, well, you should probably ask your question. Well, it clocks in at 15 bucks right now. Uh, it is on sale until the 23rd for eleven ninety nine. What are your thoughts on this game? Well, I guess it just depends primarily. If your take on this is that you're looking for for the After Dark content, I'd say go buy it on Steam because you're not really <laughs> going to get the, the the brunt of it here. There you However, go. If you're, not particularly, if you're not particularly concerned about that and you're more interested in just does this game play well, and I also forgot to even mention that the num the narrative is actually not all that bad either. I like the dialogue between Haley and the Scythe Dreamcutter. So if you find yourself interested in that and just the general aspect of the gameplay and the atmosphere of the game, well, I think it's totally worth a try. I had fun with it, and perhaps you will too. Very cool. Sounds good. I'm looking at it on Steam, and it looks like it's a lot better than the, the cleaned-up game that I reviewed, that Sophia and the Ancient Clan. Wait, what? <laughs> no, oh, there was a... There was, yeah, there was a, there was a cleaned-up uh, Steam uh, game with lots of adult uh, situations. <laughs> That uh, was called <laughs> Sophia. I 
I forget what the Steam title is for it, but like it's not a good game at all. It was just so boring. But you know, <laughs> like without the loot, what am I even playing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and Dreamcutter is now added to my Steam wish list. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Like all right, Chris. Before we move on to you, Root Beer is saying that uh, it's your stream anniversary this week. It is, yeah. I don't. I haven't decided if I want to do anything with it, but um, yeah, eight years ago I started streaming. Damn. You could you could stream you could stream snippets of some of your favorite games you played over the time you were streaming, almost like a revisit. Ugh. Uh, that sounds. Or like just a lot stream of work. Skyrim. Yeah, I could do that. That that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's one of your favorites. It used to be. Uh, it used to be all my stream was for a couple of years. There you go. Well, there you go. Revisit. Going back uh, to basics, then that's what you should do for your eighth year. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the uh, thanks for the plug, Root Beard. Hey, we we gotta gotta share the love with you for all the all the shit you do for our show. It is that is a good descriptor of it. Yeah, like this next game. I was waiting for it. That better be your segue. Damn it. Uh, next game to talk about is Adventure Quest 8-Bit Dungeons and Doom Knights, developed by Artix Entertainment, published by Nami Tentau, released December 21st on the Switch for $19.99. Dive into the enthralling narrative of Adventure Quest 8-Bit Dungeons and Doom Knights, where you uncover the lesser-known saga of a young hero, Artix. Fresh from his triumphs in the Paladin Trials, Artix returns to a shocking scene. His village lies in ruins, devastated by an undead army. Its inhabitants have vanished. He pledges to rescue them and defeat the Doom Knight behind this devastation. Will you join forces with Artix to overcome the undead threat? Or will you seize power and lead them yourself? Chris, what is going on in Adventure Quest 8-Bit Dungeons and Doom Knights? Oh, man. Okay, so um, definitely lifting that story straight from Fazanadu. But uh that's okay. This is a very it's a it's a very 8-bit tribute kind of game, but um but yeah, so what this is is it is a um more or less pseudo top-down but also sometimes side scrolling uh just an action adventure game uh the likes of which um one may recognize from like Zelda or um or like I said Fazanadu or you know um Legacy of the Wizard but without the confusion. Um, it is, it's comedy flavored for sure. Uh, but the game is the actual action of it is pretty legit. You are, you know, a guy with an ax to grind, um, Eric's, uh, or whatever his name is. Actually, I didn't pull up the Arctics. manual. Arctics. Thank you. Um, and yeah, you are going after a doom knight and, uh, and you know, the plot thickens from there. Uh, that's not the, not the be all end all of the, of the quest there, but yeah, you got just got out of Paladin school and and you literally hop off of a dragon to to jump into the action. Um and um yeah, basically what it is is it's, you know, you roam around and defeat skeletons and, you know, and other kinds of uh enemies and um you basically are looking for the tool that will help you access the next part of the game, uh be it a key or um, be it a, a canine companion, uh, whom we will speak more of in a moment, um, uh, or, you know, at one point your axe gets stolen, so you actually can't fight and you have to, uh, do some platforming to get your axe back, uh, get your axe back in line. I don't know. Uh. Coming up with these puns on the fly. <laughs> I don't take notes. Um, <laughs> thank you. 
Rick's still super uh, quiet. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't hear it, but I, I heard the gist of it. And she's gone. Um, yeah. will <laughs> be back. That's Hopefully okay. louder than ever. <laughs> but I wonder so what the, happened. Um, like she, her volume was fine up up until just out of nowhere. It was. I don't know. I got cats. I can blame. Every one of those weird things, like you switch from like you know one volume level to the next, or you mute and unmute, and it just screws with the settings at that time. Yeah. Uh. But anyways, back to the game. So yeah, it's pretty. Um, it's pretty cool. Like it's uh, it's nice and challenging. Uh, you don't gain experience points or anything like that. If you want more hearts, you got to find them. Uh, you also have like skulls that um, allow you to do special moves, and those skulls are usually dropped by enemies because the enemies are usually undead. Um, and with the skulls, you can do things like summon your dog once you get them. And the dog will uh, will then basically run around in circles until there's an enemy in sight. And then it'll go get that enemy and uh, use that to solve puzzles because the dog can go places where the human can't, um, which is pretty cool. And like I said, it's, it's just all about going through um, just a sequence of dungeons and areas uh, trying to get to the next thing. Um, and that is... The main game. Now, this game, uh, all-encompassingly, the the Adventure Quest 8-Bit Dungeons and Doom Knights, is actually quite a lot of stuff. Um, So that's like the main game, but we also have um, a thing called Chaos Mods, which uh, introduces three different uh, variations of the main game. Uh, The first one is called Dungeons and Daimyo, uh, Dungeons and Daimyo flips the role of the human and the dog. So you are playing as the dog, and your human is a power-up. <laughs> um, so the dog is, uh, like as like the dog as a power-up, uh, the dog as the player is nigh invulnerable. Uh, you, you just bumper car into enemies, and they... Uh, all of them, so far to me, have gone down in one hit, uh, including <laughs> bosses, which is great. Um, and then, like I said, you can just kind of fling your human and watch him run around and uh, and just like, you know, he does things for you. I haven't quite figured out what he's good for, but uh, it's great. It's it's really a fun, refreshing um, flip of the uh, of the gameplay. And the dungeons are a little bit different, but it's kind of like it overall hits the same notes and things like that. And by the way, all the dialogue changes and all of the bosses and enemies are scared to death of this dog. So <laughs> it's a it's it's amazing. Uh, then there is Pacadin, you know, like Paladin, but but Pac-Man. Um, so certain dungeons in this game actually require you to pick up all the skulls on the ground arranged in a maze with ghosts floating around that can kill you in one hit. Sound familiar? That's right. This game uh, has Pac-Man segments in it, uh, in the main game. So Pac-Man, what that does is it distills the gameplay experience just down to the Pac-Man minigame, where you go through as many rooms as you can without getting hit, uh, collecting all the skulls in you know various items that you need to proceed. Uh, so it's like, basically, Pac-Man meets Zelda. Uh, so yeah, another great variation of that. Uh, the third one is called Black and White. Now, you do have the choice of a black and white palette in the main game, but this black and white thing is basically the same adventure, but all the dialogue has been replaced by cliche movie quotes. Oh, God. Um, like, <laughs> like, here's looking at you, kid, or, um, you know, something like that. Uh, or the, what's the one? Oh, go on, punk, make my day. You know, that 
I love like stuff this that ready so much <laughs> stuff that everybody knows. Yeah, none of it makes sense, but just like all the dialogue has been replaced by by movie quotes. I don't know why, but I embrace it. Um, so those are the chaos mods that are included. Then an entire bonus game is in here called Necro Nancy, um, which, by the way, is great. That's a great, uh, you know, like name for a character. It's a female necromancer. Um, and it's basically all platforming and, uh, calling upon undead critters. So you go from room to room and you have to defeat these knights that are, um, that are in your way. The thing is that Necro Nancy can't do anything on her own, uh, to get the lever. But when she learns spells, she can summon Mr. Bones, for instance, which is a skeleton that will, uh, just run towards whatever and kill it. Um, just, you know, a, a skeleton that's literally comes into, into the, into the, um, reality, just like doing that, like kicking dance, you know, <laughs> the like, you know, if I'm going to do my legs like this and if I kick you, it's your own fault, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, you can also summon like a skeleton cat, which is actually cuter than it sounds. Um, and that will help you with puzzle solving. You can also summon a, uh, Kind of like a, a skeleton, like a chain chomp almost, but it, it eats up weakened walls and stuff. And you just basically pick up spells and scroll through them and figure out what skeleton is best for the job. Um, one of my favorite things to do in Skyrim is I came up with a necromancer character I named Ted Skeletor, uh, who has all who has an army of skeletons to do all of his work for him. So this game... Uh, this bonus game that is basically a full game in and of itself really resonated with me. Um, so yeah, that is like what five games in this one package. Uh, not to mention, <laughs> uh, it has different things that you might or might not like, like different um, aspect ratios, pixel perfect four three and sixteen nine widescreen where it's unplayable and wide. Uh, but you know, some people like that. Um, it has uh, color palettes, which, of course, is just your standard vanilla, which they actually do call vanilla. Uh, you can turn it all green like Game Boy. Uh, you can also do high contrast green, uh, black and white, as I mentioned before, and all red, uh, you know, like a virtual boy, which made me feel real nostalgic, but it was hard to play the game that way. Uh, the game also features a digital uh, manual that's extremely funny to look at. Uh, it's got, like, a cast of, like, all the... Uh, all the enemies and stuff like drawn out, like, you know, actually, uh, actually drawn out rather than just showing a screenshot of them. And they, they have little jokes and blurbs, um, underneath them too. And it actually does give you like good instructions. It's like a 20 page manual or something. So yeah, lots of good extras in this game. Uh, it's a solid adventure at its core, but dang, they just, it's a treasure chest, uh, as a package. <laughs> Well, it's, uh, let's talk pricing. It's on Switch for 20 and it also released on Steam for 20 And then there's an NES version, like an actual nice. real NES version. You can get an NES gray cartridge retro edition for 65 There is a gold NES cartridge collector edition for 100 Or you could just buy a ROM for 14 What are your thoughts on all of that? Um, I would absolutely buy the uh the nintendo rom um or yeah i would probably buy the the cartridge too i don't know if it would come with all five of the games but uh i mean if it did that would be pretty crazy uh if it's just the core game uh i'd say that 
yeah, like a you know ten or fifteen dollars if you're into this sort of thing. Like it's a it's a solid enough game. I mean, it has its little hiccups. For instance, um, cornering is a little tough um, in this game for you know versus something else that you might play on the NES. Um, you know, it's got a couple little rough edges, but like like I said, the 1999 uh, digital package that I played uh, on the Switch is absolutely a buy it. Um, honestly, it's kind of like you know. I, I've definitely bought um, cartridge, like NES cartridges of new games that are less than this. That is to say, less game than uh, the one I'm presented with here. Uh, I can't speak as to what is included on those cartridges or ROMs, so I can't yeah. really say whether I super recommend them or not. Um, maybe they have one other thing uh, apart from the core game, yeah, or maybe it's just the core sure game. I'm not too sure what the content of the the actual nes version is but either way it it seems really cool that they released on nes if you're into collecting stuff like that you know the the options there but even at 20 on switch and steam it sounds like a good one yeah like uh this one is really uh like i said the game itself is good um i i quite like it it's solid but the package is what really um just nailed it i mean they absolutely uh, came out with a really creative package here that I really enjoy. So that's what won the review for me. I, I would have to um, check out this cart or the ROM or something like that to be able to speak to that further. All right. Sounds good. Brooke, how's your how's things sounding on your end? I don't know. What do you think? No, I gave up. Yeah, you sound that's normal. Right. Oh. <laughs> I will now play Dreamed Away and so much time better. to talk about it. Well, because uh, next game, we got one more until then. Next game is Miniland Adventure, developed by, uh, man, this is going to be a hard one. Ilmkowski Dev, I hope I got that right, published by Rock Game and Game Parrick, released January 31st on Xbox One, Series X and S, Switch, PS4, PS5 for $10.99. Miniland Adventure is a game where you can do anything you want to. Of course, you'll still need to eat something from time to time. But besides that, there are no restrictions. Pernell, what's going on in Miniland Adventure? What's going on in Miniland Adventure is Craftapalooza 2024, population me. Uh, hey, yeah, I get it. <laughs> so, there's not a whole lot to say about this game, and I'm not saying that as a slight, just more like, well, you'll see. Uh, Miniland Adventure is a, sort of a, I guess like a survival crafting game. You play as an unnamed little dude who runs around on islands, crafting and surviving. If that was all there was to the description, well, that would be it. But I got to talk about what makes it special. What is the hook? And the idea behind this game is that it runs... Well, first of all, there's a, there's a casual mode and there's a survival mode. I did not play casual because I wanted some stakes. So I went with the survival element of it all. And on survival mode, when you start out, you're on one tiny island. Just an island. You and a few sheep. And you have a stone that you can use to kind of char, you know, charge some... You know, stones or trees if there happen to be on your island. In addition to that, however, you have a deck of biome cards. Each biome card that you have in your deck when you play it on the board has to be a touching another island you've already had on will create an environment for you to run around in. And they come in a variety of different forms. You know, icy, wet, trees, a different type of tree, yet another type of tree, and so on and so forth. You place these bad boys down, they will provide you access to new resources that you can access by way of like digging or chopping or what have you, and also potential sources of food and the like. 
As you play the game, time will progress from day into night and then vice versa. During the day, you will be a town essentially just trying to make sense of everything. Because even though the game has a tutorial, which you can press either by going to the tutorial menu or by pressing start and just reading the tutorial book, which, by the way, I highly advise you to use the tutorial book. The tutorial base drove me crazy um, because it was just sensory overload where they just give you access to everything at once. But the book is concise. It tells you what you need to do and get you started. But beyond that, you have free reign to do whatever the hell you want. The only thing you get told to do that's going to be of concern is that within four days, monsters will descend. Be mindful of that. So you're out here. You can go about collecting resources, whether it be chopping down trees for log bits and acorns, digging up radishes, chopping stones down to get rock and quarry. And I'll just go on because there's tons of resources. But then once you get these things, you can then proceed to build from a series of handcraftables like uh, torches, wood, wood planks and such. But then you can take those wood planks to eventually build furniture, tables, um, workbenches. And from work, the various types of workbenches you build, you can build even more things. And all of which is to extend your home environment to make it as grand and as good as you want it to be. But... All sort of note, again, you have a hunger meter and you have a warm hydration meter. In order to survive, you have to keep those bad boys afloat. You keep the hydration meter up by filling cups or buckets of water from the ocean and then boiling the water to clean, you know, purify and then of which then you can drink it. That keeps your hydration up. Food can come from all sorts of things. The acorns that came from the trees earlier, you can kill livestock and cook their meat. You can grow vegetables. As long as you have the means to keep up with it all, as in to grow vegetables, you need to be able to water them by having a watering can, which you have to, of course, create. And that watering can can also break like anything else that's a tool in this game. And you can get better tools later on, though, that have longer lasting properties. They're stronger and more durable. So and these are all things you'll be doing throughout the day. At night, though, shit gets dark. <laughs> and when that happens... Well, I mean, you technically can get out there if you want. You can explore the world and try to do things at night. But after a certain point in time, it's not the most advisable thing to do unless you want to get dicey. Because, like I said, the aforementioned before, the monsters do come out at night. Or as the old famous song goes, the freaks come out at night. And when they do make their appearance, you can either fight them or die. Because they will come after you if they spot you. Now, keep in mind, if you built a house you can use your home and light the home up and keep yourself safe. And you can sleep in a bed until the next day, in which case you can, you know, get it all up and running again. But it's something a little nice and fun about going out at night and getting a little risky. But if you do manage to die, whether through hunger or water or from the monsters, you'll respawn back at the, I guess it's called like a restart slab or a restart plate, which is pretty much where you begin the game. You'll lose a good chunk of the stuff you had, but you can go and pick it up off the ground where you die. But for the most part, you lose a bunch of resources if you die. I analyze the penalty for that. But otherwise, you can just get up and try again and keep at it. Hence the survival component. I would assume, though, if you keep dying and are unable to get your stuff back, you'll just fall into a constant death loop and not have to call it a day. But other than that, you're free to just do as much as you want as best you can. Um, I didn't mention the little goblin people, which you can also find out in the map sometimes. If you see a little goblin man, you can build him a little goblin bed, and he'll love the goblin bed, and then he might make a home there and become a trader with you. He'll trade cool accessories and items with you, with your stuff. So it becomes kind of cool to have a little extra people on your island that you know, interact with, whereas normally it's just you on your little mini-land adventure. Uh, 
Oh, and also the animals can breed. If you feed them good food instead of slaughtering them, they will eventually breed and you can continue the livestock population. So there is such a thing as sustainability in the world of mini land adventure. You can also plant trees and grow those back too. Oh, I feel like the game itself is pretty fun. I have a few gripes about it, which maybe it'd be nice if they can update this in the future, maybe in the tutorial book. But the biomes themselves, aside from the little pictures you get of each type, you have no idea what they contain or what they could contain. They might have intended for that to be a thing where you discover for yourself and make note of what biomes contain what resources or things that you could come across. But in a game that already has tons of resources involved with it, it might be cool to at least have the option to say, give me a short snippet of like what could be found here. Maybe not everything, but just enough to know these types of trees might be there or you know these kinds of monsters might be there. Something that gives me an idea to give me an idea to say, I'm going to build up my biomes in such a way that I can get access to these things when I need them or want them. Um, that would be nice. Uh, the next thing, this isn't really a them problem. This is a me problem. But it took me... A, oh, maybe it is a them problem. I don't know. Uh, unless I screw something up, when you use items from your inventory, let's say, for example, you're in the middle of a bit of an item shuffle fest. You want to put a treasure chest down so you can store more stuff. But to put that down, you got to put down the, the, you know, the access in your inventory so you can pick up the wood chips to build the chest. And you're just basically dumping things back and forth, moving it around. you got to put stuff on the ground and pick it back up. From what I could tell, though, the only stuff you can put on the ground or basically use from your inventory is the stuff that's in, like, the six items on top of your overall inventory box. So you can carry around 20 to 30 things without using storage. But only the top six things can be utilized in activities. So let's say, I, like, if I want to put that chest down, I should be able to just select it from anywhere in my inventory and place it on the ground. I shouldn't have to have it in the top six, go back to the game proper, and then place it. That's extra steps. Now, I get if you're talking about using items for, like, the chopping and the digging and the attacking enemies and the like, those should be in your hotkeys and drinking and watering plants. But just placing objects on the ground, you should be able to do that from your inventory. There's no reason you shouldn't. Um... But those are my, pretty much my only real gripes about the game. Beyond that, I think it's a pretty, you know, complacent and solid gameplay game of this nature. It reminded me a lot of Forger, which, by the way, if you have never played Forger, you need to get on that. Um, but I do think this game has some, has some good stuff going. It might take a little while for you to get into it because, again, the aforementioned getting used to the controls and the tutorial just being like, have fun, sucker, get in the pool. But once you get past that initial bump, the general addiction loop will set in of, okay, I built my house. Okay, I want to build out further. I want to see what's in this biome. I want to get this goblin to set up shop and trade with me. And then just discover, discover, discover. So I think Miniland Adventure can be constituted as being mega fun. Cool. Well, it clocks in at ten ninety nine. Uh, what do you think of it? I'd give it a genuine buy. I think this is a fun time and a good relaxation activity. Cool, sounds good. All right, we got one final game to discuss tonight, and it is a demo for the game Dreamed Away, developed by Nicholas Peton, published by Pineapple Works. It is on Kickstarter now through the end of the month. Dreamed Away is an emotional action-adventure RPG with psychological horror elements. Play as Theo, a boy lost in the dark, mysterious world. Explore a unique reality, duel against darkness in a unique fast-paced combat system and mind your choices uh aki i know you played this one who else played it i just started it oh. so far so good 
I downloaded it because I want to try it. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> well, Aki, tell us, what, what did you do in the Dreamed Away demo? I completed it. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what I did. Nice. Tell us about it. You just freaking do... <sighs> <laughs> but I don't want to do my job. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in this, uh, you play as a young boy, and you're apparently really attached to your uh, younger sister. And you're basically spending the day with her, and then things go awry, and then you have to go find her. Uh, originally, the day starts like any other day, except for it's the school day, and apparently you don't have to go to school for some reason. Instead, here's some candy, go play with your sister, which makes no sense, but who cares? Free day, let's go to it. So you go and hang with your sister, and then uh, later on that night... Uh, you wake up, you can't find anybody, you go downstairs, and suddenly you see ghosts, and everyone's like, what are you talking about? There's nothing here. People. And and you're like, uh, and you see more, and more, and more. And then you wake up, because maybe it was a dream. And then you can't find anybody, and eventually, this cycles through a couple times, and then you find yourself in this weird dream land nightmare land i don't know exactly what it is because the, the story that it tells you doesn't make a lot of sense uh since it's just a demo and you end up fighting against ghosts um it, you lose health really quick uh <laughs> <laughs> that that is something i found out very quickly in the many 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 times i died um you yeah, do I didn't, have i didn't die that much because i'm like I- I guess being good at rhythm games, I've just gotten good at timing button presses for all the defensive stuff. The dodging, I thought, was a little harder, but I I didn't struggle that much with the dodging. Yeah, for... I had more trouble... See, when you're in a fight with a ghost, there's various types. Um, mostly, they're just ghost ghosts, like white sheet-type ghosts. There, There's a couple ways that they attack, attack I guess, uh, where you have to defend yourself. One of them is it just rains a bunch of bullshit from the sky to hit you. Um, <laughs> and I always get hit by that. It doesn't. I try to dodge and I always get clipped by something because I'm terrible. <laughs> and then sometimes they'll have like buttons like uh, up, down, left, right will uh, appear and come flying into this little square that's on the screen. They can come from any direction. Lots of times for the more basic enemies, it's just they come in like they were tossed up and they're coming down at an angle to hit the center from the left and right. And you just have to hit them in order. And sometimes I screw that up. But then there's like ones where the item will go through and then come back and another item will appear and it'll just keep going back and forth. And I have a tendency to screw one of those up at some point. Yeah, I could see those getting tricky. Yeah, usually you only have I think the biggest one I saw was like three of them moving back and forth, but it would always be like you hit this button twice and this other button once, and I would screw it up somehow. Because <laughs> uh, I I'd be like, oh, hit that twice, and then I'd hit it too quickly uh, instead of when the things in there both once, and then the next one shows up, I just hit it twice real quick and fail. <laughs> it's bad. I'm bad at this. Um, and yeah. Uh, if you get hit, you get hit, and it ain't pleasant. Um, there are healing items. Uh, I think there's only one store where you can buy them in the demo, and it's like halfway through, through the dungeon. 
uh, and at that point, I was pretty messed up, we'll say. Uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, uh, eventually you get out of the dungeon, and then you're almost done with the demo. You have this overworld you get to look at a little bit, and then you get on a train, and you're you're done. Um, I, 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 I love no the idea fact what's going that on it- in it. <laughs> I, I kind of get the the gist of what's going on uh, with your oh, good. sister. Basically, everything is just fucked up, and you're trying to figure out what's going on. And as you try to figure out what's going on, things just get more and more crazy. And I'm I'm eager to see where the story goes, to see what's explaining the psychological horror stuff that's in the game. Uh, I noticed after you defeat the boss you have a choice to either finish them off or let them stay. And I'm what curious to see how I, I chose to let them live. Damn. So did I. So we don't know what happened, <laughs> but I'm well, curious to see how that plays off in the final game. What was that? I, oh, I just said, I will choose to finish it, finish them off when I'm at that point in the demo. <laughs> that way I have something to compare with y'all. I'm taking it from what Aki described in combat that what I just experienced with hanging out with my sister on the weird, bizarre free day seems to be a little mini yeah. tutorial like that. Yeah, yeah, it opens up a mini game when you're dodging balloons. It seems to be the same thing. And then, yeah, I saw the DDR kind of esque, not really, but you know, for lack of a better word yeah. on my end. Yeah, that those are the ways that you have to dodge being attacked. Yeah. I only played nice. a little bit tonight. Uh, I've I actually haven't gotten to the point where um, I I'm just kind of walking around in the house over and over again trying to find her, and it's like don't go outside because it's raining. But so far, <laughs> it's like I love the art and I really really love the music, which I was enjoying a lot visuals. until I realized I, I am loving the visuals in the game. Yeah, it looks uh, great. One of the the influences is Earthbound, and it's very apparent. Ooh. That's honestly okay. what got me interested. Everyone Was look at like Chris. Trippy, eh. What's what? What's going on? Oh, someone mentioned Earthbound. He loves Earthbound, you guys. I love Earthbound too. <laughs> yeah, Joe's also a Earthbound. Earthbound. I know nothing like about Earthbound. Thing. You need to get on that. It's one of the best. Yeah. It is one of the best. Does it have the can, cool trippy music? You can play it on your Switch right now, everybody. Whoa. <laughs> I I didn't pay much attention to the music in the demo. I had I like uh, some other stuff going on at the time, so I didn't get to listen to it much. It felt very ambient and atmospheric. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't pay attention to the battle themes. I should have. But what I heard, I, I didn't mind. I I thought it was fine. I just I love cool. the vibe of the game, and I love how interactive the world is, where almost everything you could click on, and yes. it'll tell you something. Yeah, I actually just clicked on the bathtub and it says a reverse boat, also known as a bathtub. And then earlier, <laughs> yeah, I, <love> that. <laughs> I clicked on the plant. And it's like, hey, this plant's doing its best, man. And I'm like, I just like <laughs> chuckled. It was good. Did you guys come across the money on the desk and did you steal it or not? Of course I, I took did. it. I took it. Yeah, I didn't see, feel great about it. See, I, I think with the option to be able to kill or let the ghost follow you, I think there there has to be some sort of morality system that's going to be put into this game specifically yeah. because of stealing the money or not, and then mentioning if you do, you feel bad about it. No. There has to be some sort of morality system. I don't know how much that's going to impact the game, but there has to be one with that stuff being in it. Well, let's talk about uh, the Kickstarter. It is available on Kickstarter right now through the end of the month. Uh, the game is estimated to be released in Q125, so about a year away from launch if things go according to plan. 
uh, as of right now, the they have a goal of twenty thousand euro, and they're at fourteen thousand ninety one. Yeah, hopefully they make it because it yeah. sounds like it's going to be pretty good. There's twenty two days to go. Uh, full disclosure, I backed it at two hundred bucks. Nice. Because they're believing in one, a project. One of the options is to get a portrait in the game. And Ashley and I talked, and we're going to get a portrait of Peaches in the game. That's awesome. Oh, that's going to be nice. Yeah. Are you going to get official, like a traditional portrait of Peaches? Or is it going to be like a really, like a, like a regal portrait of Peaches? Or no, it'll be, like it'll be like a, a 16-bit style pixel art version of Peaches. I don't, I don't know how it's going to look. We, it's it's all up in the air. All I know is we backed it, so we're gonna. That's awesome. If it if it makes the goal, which it is only about five thousand away right now, if it makes the goal in the next twenty some days, Peaches is going to be in the game. <laughs> and from I what I could tell, it's it. basically a one man project. From what I'm seeing. Oh, that's awesome! Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, this it's it's nuts. I I. Love this project. I am excited to see more. Uh, what does everyone else think of this one? I like the concept behind the uh, combat that I'm terrible at, and I want to see what all's in the game. I have no idea what the story is going to be about, because so far I am so confused on the story. <laughs> so I want to know what's going on, because like none of this so far has made any sense to me whatsoever i'm just going along for the ride <laughs> <laughs> the good thing good, is charming pixely horror yeah the good thing is aki you'll be able to play it because it's going to release on steam switch and xbox those are the current oh, planned awesome. platforms right now that's another reason i backed it because an earthbound related game or an earthbound styled game on xbox i'm fucking there man <laughs> that's cool i will say one thing i didn't play it but based on what you guys said one thing I'll suggest if they're listening to this is um so there's another game I played last year that does a similar sort of like the WarioWare battling structure where you have to dodge enemies on like real time or whatever. It was called Knuckle Sandwich. Fun, fun fact, I like that game. Um, but one thing I will say to suggest is when you're developing this, try to produce it so that there's a fair bit of variety in the different enemies you're battling in different sections. Because you want the variety in the different actions you have to do in different sections. Because if you don't, those stages can get pretty old pretty fast. But if you give enough variety in them, you know, it'll feel you know refreshing as you fight different enemies, even if you're in the same stage for an extended period of time. That's my only the, feedback. The defense was quite varied in the demo. Attacking, uh, from what I saw, was just the same thing in every battle. I don't know if they're going to expand on it and make it more involved as the game goes on but the attacking was basically just stop a button in the middle if you land in the middle you get a combo and you get to do a second attack you land in the middle again you do a combo you get to do a third attack getting the timing down is kind of tricky uh but I'm, I'm curious to see how it evolves in the full game and to see if they expand on it and do different stuff kind of like how the defense stuff is pretty varied and mixed up through the game i think it's gonna get funded that's my prediction i think so too i believe in this one i am excited about this uh if it sounds interesting to you the kickstarter info will be in the show description 
give it a look and if it looks like something you'd be interested in throw a few bucks at it and back it uh, i believe the cheapest early era uh, the cheapest way to get in on the game is about 22 bucks it's 20 euro uh it includes a digital copy of the game on the platform of your choice nice. so, if you're dream. interested it's about 20 25 bucks in in that range and i would give it a go for it cool cool well that's it for this yeah. show we made it through thank you everyone hey, for being here Thanks to Andy for coming on doing his thing. Thanks to the the four Thank of you, you for being here, chilling with us. Music. Uh-huh. Since we talked about Earthbound, we're gonna play something Music. from Earthbound. Oh, Red nice. one evil mushroom. Red one evil mushroom. Mm-hmm. Does anyone have any final words to end the show? Nope. Brisket, uh, do you pickles. have any final words? No. Uh, no. Fuzzy pickles. Thank you.